What up, y'all? And welcome back to Love and Grit. I'm Laia. I'm Justin. And today's show is all about representing to the fullest. Our first guests from Black Men Run are known for repping brotherhood, health, and unity, which they have consistently spread throughout the city. We also speak with James Jones, who recently repped Philly on a TV show Survivor, and now he wants to plan an excursion for you. But first, we have a round of Philly faves, and I don't even know what we're doing today, Justin. Well, the weather is amazing. We need to get outside and enjoy it. What's the spot you go to? Okay, so there's a lot, because it's Philly, <laughs> and it's so many places. But I, I will say this. I'm a bike rider, so I'm most excited about jumping on my bike and hopping on a ride. I'll say the Parkway, maybe stopping and getting this some pizza. Have you spot. done the Navy Yard on your bike? So I've heard about this, but you, I you keep thinking somebody's tricking list. me. Put it on your list. Because I've always wanted to go over there where the uh, anthropology offices are. And yeah. stuff. You know, that's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah, you can ride okay. all around. It's nice. Yes, because if you're not from Philly and you don't know, the home of anthropology, Urban Outfitters is Philly. So yeah, okay, that's a big deal too. So now, mine is you, Valley Green. It's just so nice back there right now because it's warm. And the path is amazing. You're talking about like Lincoln Drive, right? Like by in- Lincoln Drive, Roxborough, that over that way. Oh, so the hiking, like where you yes. see all the statues and the, yeah. the waterfalls and stuff. Yeah, it's beautiful, and it's yeah, still Philadelphia, which is amazing. Yeah, that part. Let's get this show started. Yes, sir. Okay, so maybe you don't know that Philadelphia is a runner's town. With some of the best in the world being from here, and most of the elite having touched a track here along the way. We also do our thing in the runner's world locally with dope running clubs to boot. One of the dopest, Black Men Run has been making its mark on the streets and communities of Philadelphia for over a decade. However, their mission goes beyond running, taking their core values of brotherhood, unity, and health into the communities they run through. Today, we welcome Captain of Black Men Run Philadelphia, Lawrence Harrington, and Vice Captain George Morse to learn more the ins and outs of one of Philly's favorite running clubs. So how did you guys get started with this? So Black Men Run is a national organization. It was founded out of Atlanta, Georgia in 2013 by Jason Russell and Edward Walton. And so basically, Jason Russell had the idea to start the organization. He felt as though a lot of African-American men were dying from a young age due to things like diabetes, cardiovascular disease. They just wasn't moving. We're all about brotherhood, health, unity, maybe about 35 to 40 active chapters in the United States and also some international chapters as well. I'm a Philadelphia chapter. September would be our 10th anniversary. I'm wow. Gonna... How many people are, were involved when it started 10 years ago in Philadelphia? And how many people are involved now? I'll say we probably had over 100 to 200 people that's been a part of our organization just from Philadelphia alone. So talk about running clubs, because a lot of people aren't even conscious that there's a such thing mm-hmm. as runner's club. Better yet, that Black people do it. Oh, yeah, most definitely. For me, a prime example, like when I first started running, I didn't know about the running clubs or nothing. I started running in 2016 just as a hobby. And then by me doing research, finding different runs and things like that, I started to go to different events. And by me going to these events, I started seeing the, the run club, one specifically Black Men Run. I didn't know nothing about it. Didn't know how to get affiliated with it, but we'll see them at all these different runs. And so eventually... I was introduced to one of the members of Black Men Run. I was like doing a volunteer something and mm. he just invited me out to a run. He said, yo, come out, come join us. I hesitated for about a year and then I went out, met with the guys. And ever since then, it's just been an amazing thing. 
Okay, so I know there are runners clubs now, but it seems like black men run or if there are other black running organizations, y'all do additional things that maybe like the average running clubs, right? Like you don't just run. There are other things. And it seems like black men run are so a part of the community in other ways. That's definitely accurate. We do a little bit of everything. We do some community service. Yes, we do so much, especially in the Philadelphia chapter with our community initiatives. One of our annual runs that we do is Martin Luther King Day. That's the day that we actually put down our running sneaks and we donate the gently used running sneaks that we run in throughout the year down in the Kensington neighborhood. We also provide them with gloves, socks, hats, and things like that to keep it warm out there. We also come out with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and some hydration for them. And they really receive us with open arms out there. Also, so one of our initiatives that we're known for is our hood to hood run series that we do to curb gun violence. And we run through the areas that's mostly impacted by gun violence, just trying to raise awareness, spark up conversations with the local business owners, and also spend some time with the youth as far as mentoring and things like that. We got a diverse group of runners, all different professional backgrounds. Everyone does something different and we learn from one another. Right, because who's a deputy sheriff and somebody else is a forensic case manager? Y'all like... <laughs> Yeah, we do everything. You got some uh, military in there. You got real estate brothers in there. You and got what it sounds like is it's this is a community. You've built community around yes. running. Yes, yes exactly. Correct. It's just so special because it's like the camaraderie that we have. And it's also like a group therapy for us. Everyone is dealing with something different in their lives. No matter your status in society, everyone is dealing with something, whether it could be mental health, recovering from some type of physical health or anything like that. Because we partner with a lot of other organizations who raise awareness around different causes. We partner with Students Run. They do a lot of mentoring with the students in Philadelphia, get them out, get them active. And a lot of the brothers mentor with them as coaches. Then you got some of us who donate our time to raise the money for cancer patients, for Legacy of Hope. It's just like bringing a lot of people together. Even though we are black men running, we do this to encourage African-American males and youth to get up and get out and get active. Mm -hmm. We have other ethnic backgrounds and nationalities that partner with us and are allies with us in the Philadelphia running community. I was also going to ask about the ladies, too, because I'm sure even though you need this to be exclusively for men for all kinds of reasons as to why men need to bond and things of that nature. But also, I'm assuming that there are certain affiliations with some female runner clubs as well that keep you guys connected. Yes. Yeah, most definitely. We have a really good relationship with BGR, Black Girls Run. We also have a good relationship with uh, the organization Strides. That's a female run group as well. A lot of different female run groups we have relationships with. They come out, do events with us. We do events with them. It's all about building community. And I'm sure you're always looking for more people to be a part of it, right? Most definitely. So every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m., we host a group run at Lloyd Hall. And then Saturday mornings at 7.30 a.m. at 33rd and Diamond, Mander Playground, we host another run as well. And, you know, we encourage all ethnicities, all backgrounds to come out, run with us. What's the ages? So it's really not an age limit. I mean, it does say Black men run. So we do try to, you know, we encourage adults to come out. But we've had teenagers that come out and run with us as long as they can keep up. We're not about like doing any babysitting or anything like that. But, you know, if you can keep up with this, you can come out. So we've had even some kids younger than that. I just want to say I wanted to give you guys our condolences. I know you guys recently lost a family member. And I was curious because of that loss, how you guys have kind of stepped up your community efforts, how it's inspired or motivated you to do even more. 
Sergeant Christopher Fitzgerald, he was affiliated with Black Men Run, but he, he was mainly a part of Swagger House Run Club. With them, when George mentioned we go through different communities that was affected by gun violence and just advocated against it, you know, it was very difficult, you know, very difficult because Chris, he was very a part of that movement. He was one of the founders and he was, you know, the forefront. He was one of the ones that would be in every neighborhood, don't matter if we was in Southwest, if it was West Philly, if we was wherever, and he was there to support that initiative. And that was something that he really valued. And when we got the news, it was devastating for everyone. We want, you know, just send condolences to his family, to our brothers at Swagger House Run Club, just the whole community that was affected by it. Yo, Lawrence, you mentioned that other run. I'm like, how many run clubs are there in Philadelphia? <laughs> I would say maybe a hundred. Wow. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of run clubs. So for anybody that's looking to get into running, there's a run club out there for you. It don't matter if you have a disability or anything like that. There are run clubs out there for you if you want to get active. And tell people how we can find you on social media or how do they sign up? Just come out. Come out and run with us. Get to know the brothers. That's how you basically get affiliated with us. BMR underscore PHL on our platforms. Y'all want to keep up with any updates, follow our Instagram page. That's where we're the most active at. You can go on our DMs, watch our stories. On Juneteenth, we always do a big Juneteenth. We always run 7.30 in the morning. We start right there at the Please Touch Museum. Come join us. Come fellowship with us. It's always a cookout when we link up. Hey, this is DJ Jazzy Jeff. Check me out on the Love & Grit podcast because, because I'm Phil. Okay, so what does it look like for a smart kid from Philly who graduated from Masterman, then Florida A&M, to pursue a career in healthcare for the next 15 years with a marketing side gig to then pause that whole life to become a contestant on Survivor? And then what does he do next? Well, allow us to introduce you to James Jones. He repped us on Survivor and now he's curating fun experiences for all. Can we go into this story about how James even got on Survivor? I don't yeah, understand. We need Tell to, the story. We need yeah. to start from the very beginning. Yes, yes. So basically, you know, with Survivor, they have auditions where you send in a videotape and they call you back and they like, what's on there? The goal is to kind of figure out how can I make a two or three minute video that kind of shows who I am, what I'm about, that's going to make me good on television. Hold on. Pause, James. There are a lot of reality shows. Why did you choose Survivor? I wanted to get a million dollars. I mean, literally, it's, it's also one of the funniest things. Like, I'm a big fan of the show. So I've watched the show since I was a kid. Also, I felt like I could actually win the million. Like, I really, in my head, thought, okay, I can really get a million dollars in 26 days. Like, this is a piece of cake. Not a piece of cake, but I thought I had the skill set to do it from a personality standpoint. Just I thought I had the ability to get in there and do it. I didn't, but... I wanted a million dollars. It's an adventure in a lifetime. And like, it's something that a lot of people say they can't really say they did. The fact that they called me back when I sent the video in and like people were advocating for me to be on the show was like, for me, I just felt like I had to actually do it. I got recruited for Married at First Sight. That was a no. What? You did? That was my show. Yeah, but they did the Philadelphia season a while back. They were casting for that as well. And I was just like, no, I'm good. So I ended up sending a video and I highlighted the things about me. I'm from Philly. I grew up playing chess and I traveled the country doing that. And that typically gets people intrigued. Like, oh, he played in Iceland and Hawaii when he was 10. When the U.S. Open, done with the FAMU on a full scholarship. And then I came back. I kind of put together the package of the story. I'm a unique person. And I think I'll be good on the show for these myriad of reasons. From what I know about Survivor, like, 
you kind of eat crazy things. At some point, you're naked. No, you're not naked, but you literally stop caring. So at the end of the day, like the first day, I thought I was going to be conscious, but you're hot, your clothes are wet, you don't care. One of the first videos they have is me making the fire and I'm yelling, I'm from Philly, we don't do this. But being someone that like grew up Boy Scout camping, it's like, you know, there's an end goal. Ah, you said that fast, but say it slower. I was a Boy Scout. Mm -hmm. Ah. So I've been to really bad summer camps where they don't give you any bug spray and the food is horrible. I would say it's kind of a step below a little bit. But we were lucky enough to find food. And for me, it was just an adventure. Like, how often can you get to do something that, one, you've been dreaming of doing, but a lot of people have been dreaming of doing and haven't gotten an opportunity to. So I was excited for the opportunity to represent Philly. And a lot of times, the only representation they're going to see of, like, a Black man, a lot of people across the country. So that's a burden, too, where I wanted to present myself as multifaceted. I'm not just one thing. I don't want to be put in a box about this. So it was fun. How are you using it to further all the other great things you've always been doing for Philly? It's interesting now. It's like a loaded question where I feel like now that I'm on the show, when you're talking to people, everything's relationship oriented. But once you've been on a show like Survivor, it kind of puts people at ease from a working with you standpoint. So I curate events geared towards young professionals, entrepreneurs in the city. Before, when I would go into a venue, I'm just this random person walking to your venue saying, let me host an event. Now, when you have the Survivor thing on the background, it kind of gets people at ease like, well... He made it through the CBS checkpoint, so he can't be that bad. Right. So now I'm able to build different relationships with different restaurants. I'm having an event series called Dine and Vibe, kind of a dinner party, but it's on Wednesdays. We work with this restaurant, Rex on Roll on South Street. Which I love. A great Black-owned restaurant in Philadelphia has great soul food. Yeah. So we have a DJ. We provide drink specials. The goal is to kind of also undersell restaurant owners know that the city is 42% African-American. If your restaurant is 90% White, you're leaving a lot of revenue on the table. When you have 100 Black people in your restaurant, that may be the first time this ever happened. Right. But you're talking to doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, creatives, politicians. It just gives them a different viewpoint of kind of what their restaurant can be and who it can cater to. It helps out with that regard. Hopefully I get to go on some other shows once my contract is over. What other shows? Oh man, I literally love Traders. I love The Bowl. I wouldn't do none of the, the wilderness ones. That's not, but like anything about- Like the, Naked and Afraid? No, never. Might never. as well. Might no, as well. No, no, that is completely different. <laughs> naked and Afraid is like no clothes. You don't have no shoes. You're cold. You get bit by bugs. Survivor's a lot different. I mean, we're able to find food. You have a schedule. There's people there. You're interacting with other folks. It's not as, you know, physically taxing, I don't think, even though I did lose about 30 pounds. I was going to ask you the craziest thing that you ate while you were there. I didn't eat anything crazy. We were blessed enough to find this root called cassava. We had coconut. We had fish when we fished. We had some papaya. Oh. We had some other fruits. We well, that's a nice cleanse right there. That's a cleanse. Yeah. yeah we had some ceviche. It's <laughs> a ceviche. Survivors really changed. Yeah, it's a 99 season. <laughs> it's shut up, Justin. Is it 99? <laughs> it is 40 something, 40, 44 seasons now. But what I didn't realize wow. also is how many of my friends' kids watch the show like it's really like a family show where parents watch it with their kids but it definitely is a blessing as far as one you're on television you know everybody mm-hmm. but two i don't even know what doors may open because of it but 
that's always there. And I did do well. So talking to different companies, they're like, oh, you're a survivor. And there's always somebody from the company that's like, oh, shoot, I'm a fan. Like, yeah, I can tell you were cool before that, James, especially when you said that chess thing. I'm like, that makes you even cooler. That was the cool first cool point. Yeah, that's me. And it's kind of like I don't fit in the box, but it's fun to kind of explore what the world's going to bring to me. Because I quit my job before going on the show. And then I kind of took a gap year. And now my gap year has continued. But I'm starting to do events now. I'm starting to get into real estate a little more serious. So it's just great how everything is kind of working out for me. What do you want to do next? Obviously, the events are big, trying to bring young professionals together. But is it to get on more shows? What do you want to do? So I do want to go on more shows, but you be told for me, I love connecting people and curating experiences. I feel like the one thing from a community standpoint is that we don't have that many places in Philly where, you know, African-Americans can congregate and then share ideas with it not being so super stuffy. Whereas like, you know, we're a suit and tie, like we don't have a home base. Like on first Friday, there's not a place where, you know, people can go just to kind of say, I want to build or meet people, especially where mm-hmm. people travel here. So if you're like from Atlanta, you're from LA, you come to Philadelphia, and I asked you kind of if you wanted to be somewhere where they're playing hip hop, you know, be around people and it was a chill vibe. Where would you tell people to go? Most people wouldn't have an idea of where to tell people. So I'm trying to create that and also help out different restaurants and small businesses. So that's what I'm focused on. But if I can go in the challenge, if I can do traders, if I can do the mole, like as reality TV is picking up. Love Island, maybe. Who knows? Temptation Island. I don't know. I got to get in shape. Oh, oh, now he's talking bathing suit. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Bachelor, you know, I don't know, like whatever the world. Ready for the Bachelor, but not ready for Married at First Sight. Or Naked and Afraid. We know your limits. You set good boundaries. You have to know your limits in this industry. So, yeah, I I would do a lot, but those are my lines. Naked and Afraid and Married at First Sight. Can you tell folks where to follow you? Uh, You follow me on Instagram, Eat, Sip, Vibe. That's one of the organizations I have. But then follow me, Jay, the number two, D.A. Jones. That's Jay to the Jones. And that's me on Twitter as well. So you're going to see events. You're going to see food. You're going to see drinks, places to go in the city. It kind of just <gasps> snapshot. Oh, and look, I went to your Instagram and it suggested for me to follow Wendell Holland, who Philadelphia's story is Lauren Holland's brother because they're from Philly. And Lauren Holland is part of the founding foundation of Black Star Film Festival. I love it. It's full oh, yeah. circle. But, but, yes, Lauren is the homie too. But that's what I'm saying from a connection standpoint, how well and how connected we can be but just having these simple conversations where we're tying a bunch of stuff together and creating a better Philadelphia from a social and a philanthropic level. If you're looking for something to do, the Kimmel Cultural Center has an amazing Broadway series lined up. Mrs. Doubtfire, Wicked, Frozen, Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations. It's so good to go see a show over there at the Kimmel or the Academy of Music. You can walk from theater to theater. It's, and <laughs> you it's, can do it's, a tour. And it's a beautiful place to be right now when everything's mm-hmm. so nice outside. Mm-hmm. Let's get out and enjoy it. All right, bye.